It's back for 2014, the Football Sack Podcast for Brazil. Brought to you by Banking on Football. Hello, I am Jack Quigley and uh, Christian Leyland and Pat Flarty are with me. Hi guys. Yeah, mate. Hey, I'm mate. good. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, World Cup in Brazil. This is the Football Set Podcast. If you didn't know that already after downloading it, uh, you've done well. Welcome back, guys. A couple of days away. <laughs> yeah, been on holidays, mate. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. Got a tan. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. It's very wintry. Yes. So, guys, we are uh, at the semi-final stage. We spoke just after the quarter-final stage, and uh, we're doing this podcast today despite the fact there's no matches, uh, because uh, we were going to do one on Sunday, uh, but Christian didn't make it home until late after his birthday celebrations oh, that we all attended. Got out of hand. Yeah. And uh, we, so we have to make up for it today. So thanks very much for that, Christian. My pleasure, mate. It ruins all our jokes we had planned for those that, that morning matches. I'm sure I had many. so much good material for that show, and now I have nothing. Thanks very much. Yeah, anyway, let's talk about uh, the semifinals, because uh, today's show, we are going to preview the semifinals, and then we've got an interview with uh, Ray Gatt, journalist Ray Gatt from The Australian on later on, to talk about his experiences. He's just come back from Brazil. Uh, we should start off the show by thanking uh, both Southern Cross University, who let us record here, and Banking on Football, the major sponsors of this show and wonderful supporters of football in general. They are doing, uh, still running a competition up until this week and the end of the World Cup for you to win. Just go to bankingonfootball.com slash win and enter your details and you're in the draw to win a Tim Cahill uh, jersey as well. So, How good's that? Yeah, pretty good. So celebrate uh, the man who uh, Ronaldo has claimed scored one of the greatest goals in World Cup history. Yeah, yeah. How's that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a decent price. So uh, thanks very much to uh, Banking on Football. Guys, let's jump in and talk about tomorrow morning's games. We've got the first semi-final. Now, how, how good are these semi-finals? We've mm. asked for four big nations. We've got four mega nations. And it, it's a real shame for me that Neymar's not there because it's the, probably the only thing taken away from this being the, the four big dogs of this tournament. That and Greece. Obviously. Yeah, well, obviously Greece is the powerhouse that's gone home early. Uh, but yeah, Neymar, we touched on it the other day. It's been confirmed as a broken back, sustained yes. from carrying Fred for the rest of the tournament, I believe. I mean, uh, carrying the whole team. Yeah. So, uh, so he's out, and uh, there was rumours that he was going to make a miraculous recovery a la Ronaldo France 98 to Mate, play he's got in a broken final. back. I don't yeah, see how he can come back from that. Yeah. I, FIFA was reluctant to allow goal line technology, so I, I'd be amazed if in the same tournament they allow wheelchairs onto the, <laughs> onto the field. But yeah, Brazil, Germany, excited. Absolutely. So even with name, a name are less Brazil, Brazil is still one of the big traditional names of football. And knockout football, semi-finals, anything can happen. And two big names. I mean, it's going to be a great contest either way. All the big names got knocked out when Greece went home. <laughs> oh, it's funny because funny they're big names because all They've their got names lots of letters. letters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that deserves you're a little like your Sri in there. Akula <laughs> <laughs> um, Sakura is a great footballer. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, look, uh, I'm really excited. I think that Brazil might just fall short here, the name of factor. Mm. There's a lot of talk that they might lift. For Neymar as a as a as a team for the country, who's going to step up for him? Who's going to come in for him? Uh, well, Joe, <laughs> <laughs> who I'm, I'm sure okay. will strike Joe, terror into the hearts of Joe the German and Fred defenders. are really going to have to step up their yeah. game. I think so, <laughs> Joe's going to equal World Cup history by scoring five goals in one game and winning the Golden Boot. Yeah, I think yeah, which has uh, been done before, hasn't yeah, it? With Oleg Solenko from Russia. He played against uh, sorry Cameroon, Cameroon, scored five goals to add to his penalty against Sweden in 1994 USA. 
They're the only six goals he scored in World Cup history, in, in international in football. football. Yeah. In football <laughs> in general. And it got him the gold boot for the World Cup. That's the last game he ever played for Russia. Yeah. Was scoring five goals against Cameroon in the World Cup. It's the equivalent of Ben Halloran coming into the Socceroos setup, scoring five times against Spain and just never being seen again. <laughs> just remarkable. Yeah. Um, Oleg, what a career he had. The only player to win the golden boot for the team who didn't even make it out of the group stage. Yeah, incredible. So, uh, and five goals in a World Cup game would be up there, wouldn't it? It has to be, surely. Yeah. It's got to be some sort of record. So, uh, I don't even know how we got to this. Where, which tangent were we on when we started discussing? <laughs> oh, Joe's going to score five goals. Oh, Joe's going to score, yeah, obviously. Uh, you know that Brazil is struggling when they used to have beautiful names like Ronaldo and mm. Rivaldo and Robinho and Ronaldinho, and now their two strikers sound like the two blokes you see first at the bar <laughs> when you go to the pub. You walk in, oh, Joe, shit, it's Fred, Joe and Fred. How are you going, boys? Yeah, like, trailer they, trash. Yeah, they, say, well, they just sound like tradies. <laughs> I think they're just going to... No offence to tradies. No, no offence to tradies. But... Uh, except for the ones in Brazil, because they built woeful stadiums. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> no wonder. They were trying to train for the national team at the same time. Yeah, so uh, Germany will be, uh, no doubt, licking their lips. A chance for revenge for 2002, mm. when they went down to the uh, aforementioned Ronaldo-inspired Brazil. So... Uh, I can't wait for this game tomorrow. I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for either of them. We'll talk about both of them. So, uh, should we predict? Are we going to go on the line? I'm going to say that Germany are going through. Um... Just to differentiate, and also the fact because I've I've got, I've got Brazil in the office sweep, so I need them to win. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I need to get my five dollars back. Yeah, Brazil all the way. Brazil all the way. I think Germany on penalties. I reckon be penalties, on penalties again. Yeah. Uh, so wait, which of your is, was the Netherlands your pick to win the tournament? Yes, mate. And Mexico was your dark horse. That's right. Yes. Did, but didn't you pick Germany at the start of the tournament? I got a feeling you did. Possibly. I think I, I remember you justify it by <laughs> saying this is their time. Oh yeah, yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. So that was I was right. Yeah, so I'm in, mate. Yeah, you did. My teams. Now all you need to do is pick uh, Argentina <laughs> and Brazil, and uh, you should be on a winner. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the other games uh, featuring Argentina and the Netherlands. Before we get into it. The Netherlands, uh, did we see Pim Verbeek's uh, article on 442 today? No, uh, no. The great Pim Verbeek, uh, known for revolutionising the way that Australia played football Australian in the 2010 World Cup. Uh, Richard came, Garcia, is still yeah. my favourite moment. You, you might recall uh, his, uh, well, first of all, <laughs> yeah, now that you've mentioned that, in the article he talks about the Germany game and claims that he played 442, <laughs> which that alarm bell started going off straight away. But he talks about, <laughs> he's talking about, you may remember before the World Cup started, he said that, well, before we played the Netherlands, he came out on Dutch TV, said, Australia definitely won't score a goal, um, and Holland will definitely score three. He's come out in uh, this article this morning with 442. His quote is saying, after beating Spain 5-1, everyone in Holland was very confident. I think I was the only one in Holland that knew they should never underestimate the Australians. <laughs> they deserved a point. Wow, mate. Whose ass is he trying to kiss here? Yeah, that's he's he's trying. I think he's trying to get a job at SBS. <laughs> he's he's saying that that's where Pete, that's where they were obviously paying good money because that's where uh, Zelko and uh, Johnny Aloisi. Are. Where yeah. is Johnny Aloisi? Mate, he's disappeared off the face. Of yeah, the earth. Mate, last we heard him, he was in South America. Oh, South South Korea. South Korea. Fuck. <laughs> Haven't heard it from since. No, well, yeah, last we heard was when we were watching clips of the Seoul Broadcasting Corporation's uh, analysis on YouTube. Yeah, where where is he? We took the Mickey out of him early in yeah, the topic because well, he was everywhere, and now he's nowhere. Well, there's whispers that it wasn't actually Zelko Kalik who went and gave the money over to uh, the Ghan- Ghanaians. You know, it was actually yeah. him, and uh, things Johnny. just didn't quite work out well. Yeah, for him. he just never came back. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Bermuda Triangle swallowed him on his journey over. 
not that you would have to cross the Bermuda Triangle to get from Australia I to think Brazil. But no, so, so, so I'd offer me, here there's a TV station there, so just stop by to see if you can get a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Bermuda TV. So yeah, uh, Argentina, Netherlands is obviously exciting. The Netherlands have come through against Costa Rica on penalties. We didn't have a chance to talk about this game the other day yeah. uh, because of uh, Christian's misdemeanors in the early hours of Sunday morning. Actually, what, can, can we tell people why you weren't able to make it in the studio? Because it is kind of cool. Okay, well, so, so we had a birthday at a nice Italian restaurant in Lismore, and the owner was a football lover. So once he sort of realised that we were football people, he sort of sat down with us near the end. People started to dribble out as a seat spare. I offered him a glass of wine out of the, the wine we bought. And we just started talking football all night. And this was, you know, you know you, you, we started at 7.30. So this is around that 10 o'clock mark in the evening. And then he just said, he just started bringing more wine and more wine and more wine. And before you knew it, we're downstairs in his big function room with a big TV watching Argentina versus Belgium on like our fifth bottle of wine. Just, uh, and uh, going home at 3 a.m. Yeah. So. And let the record show that Pat and I got up from said dinner at around about 9.30, yes. which would have yes. been about 10 minutes before this bloke decided to show himself. <laughs> stitch up. Yeah, absolute stitch up if oh. I've ever seen one. So you, you wouldn't have driven home, no, I take I didn't it, Christian. Home. I don't think I'd... you even walked out. Could you even walk out? Well, yeah, we're just leaning on each other as we walk out. Though we, we do encourage responsible drinking. Yeah? I think Christian rode that Vespa that was parked in the middle yes. of the restaurant for some reason. Um, yeah, this is this is not going to make sense to anybody who hasn't seen the inside of that restaurant where there's a Vespa parked for some reason. Um, speaking of Italian restaurants, we're going to be at one on the weekend, aren't we? We are on the twelfth uh, at twelve thirty. Twelve thirty at the twelfth, we're going to be at a Rivadeci Pizzeria in Brisbane. And we've got a few uh, guests lined up, both uh, new guests and returning guests. But yes, if you go to the Football Sack on Facebook, there is actually an event invitation if you would like to uh, come along and join us for mid-long pizza, beers, and a good old laugh at the podcast. Yeah, we are more than happy to talk football with anyone. Uh, Christian has... Uh, celebrating his birthday again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? This is He's just going to throw... You could throw me another birthday party. I'm so, going to have one when I go back down to Sydney. Too, yeah. Uh, Christian will talk football with anyone on a Five bottle of wine minimum. Yeah, he's a very, very gracious guy. Uh, We've managed to get through a lot of the preview of the Argentina-Netherlands game without mentioning the match. Uh, So we should do that. Netherlands threw on penalties against a very brave Costa Rica side Mm -hmm. who go home. What did we make of the uh, goalkeeper substitution? Tim Krull, masterstroke for Van Hal getting in the Costa Rican players' heads, making him think he was a penalty expert. Although they were saying he's not a penalty expert, it was more so bringing him on at the last minute that got in the Costa Ricans' heads. Mm. So, but he still guessed the right way, like every time. Well, he didn't guess. No, he was given, he was given a shooter, but he was made to memorise which direction each Costa Rican um, player goes most times. So he was given instructions by the coach as to which way the Costa Rican takers were more likely to shoot in the penalty shootout. So I don't particularly think it was him guessing, it's just him memorising which way is the most common way for these players to go, and he went that way. Right. Could he not have just told his regular keeper, or was this a height thing he wanted the taller yeah, keeper I mean, out there? Yeah, he had a reach, longer reach. Longer, longer reach. reach, yeah. Mm. It was like putting Muhammad Ali in goal. He just, yeah. Or Zelko Kalic. Or Zel- yeah, well, as we know, <laughs> Zelko brick wall Kalic. Can't get past him <laughs> unless the ball is rolling, <laughs> in which case he goes to water. It's funny, because Gusiding was going to bring Kalic in for the Uruguay match. That's right. But then was it Brett Edmonton who got the injury, so he had to make his final third substitution, and he couldn't do it. So, unfortunately... Well, stuck with Mark Boring Swartzer to save the penalty. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Brett Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) Based on that knowledge, Brett Edmonton is now a bigger hero than John Aloisi from that evening. (laughs) But talking about Mark Swartzer, how good are these sports, these TAB ads? Uh, Yeah, he's got a career in that. They are some pretty terrible ads, I'll be honest. The acting is 
Oh, it's it's bad. It's what's right. like. It's, it's also on the Pelé levels of penis erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Uh, not quite as good as Ronaldo. It's almost as good as his brother, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you made some laugh, mate. Yeah, mate, I'm glad one person in the world laughed at that joke. <laughs> Being yourself. Uh, almost as good as his brother, Arnold Schwarzer. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because they have German names and they're sort of similar. <laughs> oh, Although, we, isn't Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, Austrian anyway? He is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> Put that one on the wall of fame. You can hear more classics like that at uh, Riverdance's Pizza. So, if you were in Brisbane uh, this weekend, this Saturday, and you would like a metre of pizza for lunch and a beer and would like to talk about the World Cup, come to uh, Riverdance's Pizza in Melton near Suncorp Stadium and uh, we'll gladly uh, share a beverage and uh, Christian will shout you. So. That's uh, I'm good. Thanks, Jack. That's a fresh No worries. I'll I'll just go out there and say that. So we should also probably thank a, a couple of other people who support this show uh, for a start. Yeah. So obviously, when we're not in the studio, we're getting a big buff and taunt with uh, elite personal training. Mm. So if you need to get tough and taunt like uh, Jack Quigley over there with his massive biceps, yep. you can just call Dean on oh four oh three five seven one. Five eight two, and uh, look, you'll be bigger than me in no time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and if you need to get rid of five bottles of wine that you drank on the weekend, uh, that'd be a good place to go. That's very true. I'll, mm. should I look up their number? You don't need to. You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there in front of you, actually. <laughs> We're now going to get the thoughts of a man who's been in Brazil on the grounds. It's journalist from the Australian, Ray Gatton. He joins us right after this. Ray, thank you very much for your time, buddy. We'll start off by uh, getting your, your thoughts on the tournament so far because you've been to Brazil. You're now back in the country. What did you make of it? Oh, look, it was a fantastic experience. It was a shame that the Socceroos uh, got knocked out of the group stage. But, uh, look, uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see a World Cup in, in Brazil. And, uh, look, obviously there are a few dramas still going on. Uh, you know, some of the venues weren't totally completed and um, maybe the structure wasn't that crash hot. But... Um, all in all, no, they've done a really fantastic job and, uh, and all credit to them. That sort of leads into uh, a question I was going to ask about. This is obviously the first South American World Cup since uh, Argentina 78. Uh, so what was it like, not just the football side of things, but in terms of the culture, away from the, the, the matches themselves, how was the buzz? Oh, look, it was a fantastic buzz. I was there early, so a couple of weeks before the tournament started, so it was a little bit quiet at first. Once the tournament kicked off, fans and people really got got behind it and uh yeah it's a fantastic football culture you only have to go down to rio and have a look at the beaches and you know everyone's playing football on the, on the sand and and whatever and they're all wearing their colors and all the cars are decorated and um yeah it's a fantastic buzz obviously it's a, a bit of a difference in the in the in the haves and the have have nots you know it's some parts of the country obviously very very rich and there are other parts very very poor and um you know some of the sites there weren't weren't great but um I guess that's that's the nature of it, isn't it? Yeah, now, mate, there's a lot of coverage over here of obviously the protests and stuff. Did that have much impact on the tournament itself? No, not certainly not while I was there. Um, we were based in Victoria, where the crews are based. Uh, we saw one very minor protest, about eight, eight or nine people. But, yeah, so we were fairly away from it. Uh, I think Sao Paulo may have had a few a few dramas. Um, but from what, I've, from what I can understand, it, it wasn't as... Uh, it wasn't as much of an impact as uh, many of us feared. So uh, it went off pretty well, I think. Now, obviously, based on the Socceroos, we saw over in social media that they got a very, very warm reception from the locals. Was that was that reciprocated to the local media? Yeah, look, 
um, the fans loved them uh, in Victoria, um, and the Socceroos really embraced the culture as well. Uh, the media were fantastic. Um, Brazilian media turned up to every every training session, uh, every press opportunity, and uh, and you know the FFA and the Socceroos handled it really well. Uh, it was a real charm offensive, and I think they won a lot of brownie points, and they won a lot of credit from the, from the organisers and the fans, and I think they won a lot of hearts in, um, in, in Victoria especially. Now, you did uh, get to experience, I understand, the highlights of the Chilean media. Yes, unfortunately, I was so caught up in work that I, I hadn't even noticed it, and the um, first time I knew about it was I got back into Australia, and there was a message from um, Kevin Musket, of all people, with a photo saying, Daddy, did you see this? And um, I, I hadn't. So obviously that, that, that image has uh, gone all around social, social media and I've got a pasting for it because uh, I had my head down working uh, feviously uh, trying to make deadlines. And I didn't notice it at all. Yeah, mate, you, your wife doesn't listen to this show. You don't have to worry about uh, covering <laughs> no, it up. She's actually right next to me. So <laughs> oh, <there. laughs> all right, that explains that then. Uh, what have been your, your highlights on the pitch so far, mate? On the pitch, uh, well, Socceroos-wise, uh, look, I think their performance against uh, the Dutch against Holland was fantastic. They they would have des- they should have got a draw. I think they deserved to get a draw. And obviously, Timmy Cale's um, goal that was fantastic. Um, and I think I, someone mentioned that uh, Ronaldo rated, rated the best goal of the tournament so far. So. I think he actually said it was uh, the best goal of the tournament, if not one of the best ever, which is oh, well, high praise. That's huge, yeah. And I, I know Timmy, Timmy's really wrapped in it as well. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the highlights. And, look, I think the whole highlight of the tournament has been all the goals and the, the entertaining football. Um, we, we haven't seen too many dodgy games at all, have we? So I just think the standard of the football, the free-flowing entertainment and the number of goals has been the highlight for me. I think it's probably one of the best... World Cups we've had for a long, long time, and I, I and I'd love to see hopefully one of the last three games, either either or both semi-finals and the final, produce you know a game a game worthy of it, and um, I think that'll top off the World Cup for sure. Now you obviously would have had some contact with the Socceroos players and the squad itself. What were their attitudes towards how the tournament went for them? Oh look, I think they were they were delighted um, in a way. Uh, they were. They were you know, I think we all thought that when they went over there, they would cop four and five nil hidings. But um, you know, the, the guys stood up. They were disappointed, obviously, not to come away with a, at least a point, and if not a if not a win. But I think they they realised it in those first two games against Chile and Holland that you know they 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 were capable of producing very good football. And I think I mentioned on Twitter a couple of times that they they certainly won the hearts of a lot of people with the way they performed. They they performed well beyond expectations and. Uh, I think it's a great point of the future and for what Ange Postecoglou can uh, achieve with this team in the next 12 to 18 months going forward. Now, you've obviously been to quite a few international tournaments uh, over the years, whether they be youth internationals or World Cups. Where does this rate in terms of your favourite tournaments? In terms of the football and entertainment, goal-wise, it's probably the, my, my favourite. I think 2006, in terms of results for the Socceroos, in terms of uh, the way it was organised, and you know, so how well the Germans just had everything organised, I think probably Germany 2006 was probably my, my favourite at this stage. So so well run. It was a fantastic tournament. Run with typical German efficiency. Mate, we will uh, get your thoughts for who out of the last four teams left you reckon is going to win the tournament. Well, my, I think from the start I said I fancied how the, the Dutch would win the tournament, so I'm still going to stick with that. I, I believe that um, whoever wins between Argentina and Holland will win the tournament. That's... I, 
Germany would be hard to beat, but I think either Argentina or, or the Netherlands will win. I, I favour uh, the Netherlands because I think they've, they've got a couple of really quality players there. Robin is, is, is flying. He's a machine, that guy. If he stays true to his form, I, I think he can win it for the, for the Dutch. And that's not discounting, obviously, like Lionel Messi and what he can do, but... Uh, I, I think he can be harnessed a little bit. All right, mate. Well, uh, we appreciate so much your time in the car today to, to have a chat to us. It's wonderful to hear from you and your experiences in Brazil. So we'll let you get on with the rest of the day. But uh, thanks very much for joining us on the pod. Uh, it's a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Ray Gap for his time from the Australian. You can follow Ray on Twitter if you'd like to get more of his uh, musings and see more of uh, Chilean women, <laughs> um, which I'm sure his wife will love. It's, uh, Ray54. Uh, Gatty 54. No, it's a Gatty 54. That's no right. underscore. Yeah, no underscore. Just Gatty 54. I just did a rhyme. Did you see that? Yeah. Drop, you know who you're going to get a contract with? Deuce. Deuce. Yeah. You uh, can, you my can, man Deuce. You can sample on Deuce's new record. Well, guys, uh, we should probably uh, quickly touch in with our uh, friends at the uh, SBS Social Hub in the sole broadcasting mm. uh, service mm. uh, because, uh, mate, we, we haven't sort of touched in with them for a few days. So mm-hmm. I just thought I'd check in and uh, they had a quick tweet they sent out about the France-Germany game, which I thought was quite good. So I I did the old translate. So here's what they made uh, of the France-Germany uh, game. Killing Chuck Chuck Fitz car, France game, Germany boat combi. Okay, no, a, a boat combi, I'd like to see that. Yeah, a boat combi, yeah. And uh, it'd be the hipster hippies, you know, absolute you know, love child. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the hipster fishermen all go in the boat combis. <laughs> um, we should wrap it up because we've got to go so that we've still got stuff to talk about tomorrow. So uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Catch up. See ya. You've been listening to the Football Sack Podcast for Brazil, brought to you by Banking on Football.